The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. As people of faith who are striving daily to have a relationship with God, to hear a gospel like this can be, can be quite emotional to think, Lord, I've done all these things, and yet here we hear them saying, some may not be brought into the kingdom. And so the question kind of begins, okay, well, what do I need to do? Like, what's necessary? I don't want to get locked out. Is it enough to have a knowledge of God? And it would seem that that's maybe not so. Because even, Lord, we, we sat, we drank, we ate with you. I don't know you. What does it mean to be known? How do we know another person? It's generally through the, the giving of oneself. There's ways that we can break down relationships in life. There are people that we are aware of. The very outer, or the, okay, let's just start with this. There are strangers. Okay, people exist. I don't know them. People exist. There's, there's the very outer one. There's people who I'm aware of, but I've never really encountered or taken time to speak with. There are the acquaintances I have. So we, we do things from time to time. We run across each other's paths. can be work-related. From acquaintances, you have people who are in your life for seasons. From that, you have friendship. From that, you have like close or intimate friendship or relationship. So that could also be spouse or family, siblings. And then you have like your core. And as you keep going down, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. When it comes to this with God, is he at the core? Is he an intimate friendship? Is he a friendship? Is he someone I've only spent time with in a season? Is he an acquaintance or is he a stranger? And there's probably people who they fluctuate in this it's a very ebb and flow but at the end there has to be something central some type of core 
not that proves it to God, but makes it known for us. And so how do we do that? And again, back to the, the practical step of like, how, do I, how am I known by you, Lord? Is it, is it more than just showing up to church? Yeah. Is it more than just, you know, having a prayer relationship? Yeah. It's in the ordering of our very lives. What dictates what I do and how I do it? Because when Jesus gives this answer, um, strive to enter through the narrow gate, it means it's probably going to be difficult. There's going to be some challenge that it's not just a, uh, an open door of like, everyone just welcome and come on and you'll be fine. And, and that really upsets certain Christians. Because for some, they think all you need is to accept Jesus into your heart and all is good. Some think all you need is grace, grace alone. It's, it's all I need and it's enough. Some think it's just faith. Some think it's, it's just a acceptance of the scriptures. And yet what we discover is those are all necessary. But not individually. They're necessary together. Faith with grace, with scripture, with encounter, all of that matters. And so when we start to take a moment, like, okay, that's, this is all you need. No, actually, I need a lot of stuff. And that's when it starts to get difficult. That's the narrow gate. Now, God's mercy, God's salvation, that's not limited. That whole concept of like the 144,000. No, like what we see throughout scripture and salvation history is covenants kept getting bigger to the point that Jesus says, I came for all. And if Jesus is the Son of God and he's the Word, then that Word is what matters the most. So I came for all, but not all will accept me. Even the closest disciples of Jesus left him in John's Gospel when he talks about the Eucharist. He's talking about, like, I'm going to give you my very body. And the word, that, the, the word that's used there is, like, when you chew on me, like, to masticate, like, is to gnaw on flesh. People heard them, like, that's weird. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And they left. Like, Jesus, you, you think you should change what you're saying? No. This is what you're going to do. You're going to chew on my body in layman's terms. Uh, we're out. Jesus, they keep leaving. If they can't handle this, how can they possibly handle the crucifixion? As disciples today, we recognize that it's so much more. There's so much more for us to accept and to do and participate. But maybe the, the reality to contemplate is that it's never just one thing. It's, it's the adding of all of the things that by my faith, I understand grace. And by grace, I, I know that God has a gift. That gift comes through the scriptures and the sacraments. It comes through encounter. And to accept these and to embrace them and to challenge myself to not live by the standards of the world, but by the standards of God, 
that is going to be a narrow gate. And in so one sense, there may be way less people in heaven than we anticipate. In the other sense, there may be way more people in heaven than we anticipate. (laughs) And so God's mercy can never be restricted. But I also don't want to fall onto the side of error of like, eh, it'll work out. If I like, if I murder someone, I'll be, I'll be forgiven still. We should probably just avoid murder. I'm using an extreme example, but like all of sin, we should strive to always avoid that. So we don't bank on God's mercy. We, we trust in his justice. We hope for the mercy and we follow after him relentlessly. And so, my favorite question, how have you encountered God today? What's it look like? What was that experience? Are you still waiting? Well, great. But it's keeping our eyes open for that, that encounter with God who constantly wants to change us. Because we want to have him at the core of those relationships, not as some outsider, not just as a friend, but at the very core, someone who's there with me day in and day out. So that regardless, I know I've given everything. I've held nothing back. I've restricted nothing from him. Because we have a God who gave us everything, who held nothing back, who's given us all. So our response has to be, Lord, I respond with all.